Hello and welcome to Through the Telescope, the podcast that puts the lens on astronomy. I'm Rose Waugh and I'm an astrophysicist and science communicator. And I'm Elliot Bruce and I'm neither of those things, but I'll be trying to find out why we should even care about astronomy. We'll be exploring some of the big topics in the field in little manageable pieces and have some fun along the way. So, whether you know your red lines from your red shifts, or you're not quite sure what the difference between astronomy and astrology actually is, join us as we launch ourselves into the cosmos and try not to burn up on re-entry. Through the Telescope is sponsored by PicAstro, the astronomy and astrophotography image sharing app, dedicated to your images of the cosmos no matter what stage you are on your journey around the universe. No ads, spam or fake accounts. So, bro. That's always how I open. <laughs> so, bro, today we're talking about Mercury, also known yes. as the worst planet in the solar system. <laughs> so, that is your opinion. That yes. is my opinion. And today you're going to try and say, shift that opinion. <laughs> I would say I'm going to try and change it, but I'm not because I don't think you're for changing. Well, we'll see. Let's see if Mercury can be redeemed. Okay, give me the lowdown on Mercury, the the essential statistics. The stats. The stats. Well, it's pretty small. Um, that's not a surprise. If we think about it in terms of its size relative to Earth, mm-hmm. it's about 0.38 Earths. Okay. It's how many Earths in mass? Point zero five five. Point zero five five Earth, so less than 6% of the mass of Earth. Well, okay, so... Yeah. We're pretty insignificant in the solar system, and this is even more insignificant. If you wanted it in kilograms, though, to make it sound bigger, mm. it's 3.3 times 10 to the 23 kilograms. Okay. I mean, I don't know how much I weigh, but it's a lot less than that, so... <laughs> Its gravity is 0.38 times that of Earth's. Ooh. So you're going to be feeling quite light mm. walking around. Um, it takes about 88 days to orbit. Yeah. Because it's a year. So... Three months. Yeah. Roughly. Okay. So... So it packs you know, four years. Pretty quick. Mercurian years into our one year. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Taking our sweet time. Uh, saying that though, it's rotational period, so the time for one day on Mercury is about 59 days. Jeez. So More than half a year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got long days. I don't know if I could wake up one day and then <laughs> half a year later go to bed. <laughs> You know? Yes, I mean, you have enough difficulty waking up anyway, but we'll not make any comments about that. Um, it's relatively hot. What does relatively mean? Um, well, it's 
its surface temperature is maximum is about 430 degrees Celsius. Okay. Um, 700 Kelvin. I'm afraid I couldn't tell you what that is in Fahrenheit. Probably hot. Um, but equally, it can be pretty cold on, on the other, other parts. Okay, I was going to ask if that was like a summer winter thing or like a light dark thing, but so it's a yeah. day well, and night. Well, it's not got any atmosphere, so really, not really. So it's not really very good at keeping its heat. Mm. So yeah. So there's a four hundred degrees C difference in temperature between midnight and midday, roughly. Well. More. The minimum the minimum temperature is minus one hundred and seventy degrees C. Sorry, I can't. So, I can't do maths. <laughs> Six hundred degrees. Yeah. Jeez. Um. So yeah, pretty wild. Hmm. And the atmosphere that it does have, actually, it's got a lot of oxygen. Forty two percent. That's more than we have. We've got twenty one. It's also got twenty nine percent sodium. Right. Well, so wild cards. I was thinking when you said that it had quite a lot of oxygen, maybe we could go and live there, apart from the appalling temperatures and lack of atmosphere. Really. Well, yes. Now that you're saying that a third of the atmosphere is sodium, the metal, um, I'm not so sure. Um, is that just because there are like three molecules? Possibly. Right. 22% hydrogen, 6% helium, 0.5% potassium. You need your potassium. Yeah. Eat your bananas, kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hate bananas. Um, yeah, so there's some, some vital stats on Mercury. Mm. You seemed more interested in them than I expected you to, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I think um, because I just think of it as really small. I mean, it is. And it's like, isn't it kind of the same sort of size as our moon? Yeah. Which I... So, here's my... So, I appreciate the moon Mm. goes around the Earth, Mm -hmm. which goes around the sun. Mm -hmm. The Earth also goes around the moon. It just doesn't really, because, you know, they co-rotate around a point which is inside the Earth. Yes. So... Clearly, we are the thing that the moon orbits, yes. as it were. Um, Mercury goes around the sun. There's nothing else for it to go around, right? But if the moon hopped out of the Earth's orbit, it would suddenly become a planet, would it? Is that... Well, if it... Um, if it had a stable orbit mm. then yes okay but because people are funny mm. ignoring all the problems <laughs> that we would have if the moon just decided for we've already talked reason, about this once <laughs> to orbit the sun rather than us yeah um we would probably still call it the moon Yes. You know, because we'd be like, <laughs> that's our moon, and we'd be probably pretty <laughs> enraged about it. So we have our moon back. 
But so here's um, my controversial take. But equally, if we had been outside of that system and we didn't mm. see that happen, yeah, right. Call it a planet. Well, so yeah, it's, here's here's my thinking, right? Either it meets the conditions yeah. that the IAU sets to be a planet, so it could be. So what I want to propose is either we live in a binary planetary system that orbits the sun. Us and the moon together, both planets, because it's the same size as Mercury, right? So if we were right. going around with Mercury, that's a planet, right? Mm-hmm. Or Mercury is the sun's moon. Right. So... <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> so, right, before... Um... Well, actually, you know, I was expecting a daft question. And... And you got one. <laughs> well, no, I didn't, actually. I don't think I did. Okay, I think it is daft that we would say that, that Mercury is the moon of the sun, right? That one, I'm not getting on board with that. But actually, I think you do raise a good question about our situation. You know, um, the the moon is very different to other moons in the solar system in that its size relative to the planet that it orbits is huge, we're going to chat about the moon in yeah. more detail later, so in other episodes. So, we, you know, let's not diverge too much from mm. Mercury. But with that said, I do think that there is actually a lot of sense in your comment about a binary planetary system. Much more than you thought there was. When you made the statement. Well, the other thing about the binary planetary system is if if the IAU hurries up and reclassifies it as such, given that they reclassified Pluto of being a planet, put the, the moon into being a planet... Yeah, they won't do that. But. but if they do that pretty quickly, then by the time the Artemis mission lands humans on the moon, that'll be the first time humans have landed on the planet. That's true. Because it wasn't technically a planet before, but then yeah. it will be. Okay, now we've got into the silly. Okay. Got into the silly now. <laughs> so you've, you've given me the rundown of the stats. It's got some sodium in its atmosphere. It's really hot and really cold at the same time, and it's very fast round its sun, our sun too, uh, and it's very slow to go round itself. But is there anything else that means that I should care about Mercury? Um... Is this back to the, is Mercury the most dull planet ever question? Um, pretty much. Have you got any other things to woo me over to Mercury Club? Well, okay, so some cool facts, maybe. Okay. Oh, they may be interpreted as cool facts. Okay. Um, the planet's shrinking. Don't you think it's small now? <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> It is estimated that the planet's about nine miles smaller than it was four billion years ago. So it's a slow process. It's not fast. Everything in astronomy really is pretty slow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's thought that it's happening because the the core of the planet, which is made of iron, mm. is cooling. Okay. Um, turning into a solid and uh, that's reducing the volume of the planet. Because a solid is slightly more dense than a liquid. 
sat there. Because, yeah, because solids are generally... Colder, so... Um, so it's right next to the sun, dense. but it's getting colder. I mean, that that's a stupid question in and of itself. Just because it's near to a hot thing doesn't mean it's going to get hotter or colder. But why is it getting colder? Or is it just the core that's getting the, colder? The core is is cooling and solidifying. And it, it's well, that's what it's cooling over four billion years. So I guess. It's, well, it's, it is inside the planet in yeah in no. high a high pressure environment. So yeah. Cooling of these things does take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess that also means that you're going to get wrinkles and crinkles and bumps, are you? Yeah, presumably. Presumably it's not going to be a completely symmetric um, kind of process. Mm. It also has the most um, craters in the solar system. Interesting. That, that we know of. Um, it's got over 760 that have been classified so far. And the largest one um, is called Caloris, the Caloris Basin, which is a huge crater that's been left by some sort of meteor impact, um, which possibly happened about 3.8 billion years ago. Basically, it doesn't really have an atmosphere, so it's pretty useless at protecting I was going to ask... Is it because there's no atmosphere or just because there's lots of stuff near it to hit it? Yeah. I mean, without an atmosphere, anything that, you know, heads Mm. your way is going to hit the planet. Mm. Whereas at least, you know, if you have a thick atmosphere like we do, a lot of it burns up before it even gets anywhere near you. But yeah, the biggest one is about 960 miles in diameter. So that's about 1,500 kilometres, um, which uh, I know you like maps. I do. So I'm trying to think how big this is that. Is I can't... big enough to fit part of Europe, not all of it. Okay. But, say, Portugal to Germany. Okay, so Western, Western Europe plus half of Europe. And it's been estimated that the the meteor that caused it was at least 62 miles long, which is about 100 kilometres. It is kind of crazy how, you know, that's... I don't know why I've said miles first in either of those cases, because I don't don't work professionally in miles. Do your notes come from NASA or something? No, I just wrote them down. I, I don't know... I don't know why I wrote them down in that order. But that's also, I find it crazy with, like, with meteorite or or meteor impact. Which one's the right one? Meteor, meteorite? Meteorite. Because meteorite impacts when it's, like, 62 miles long and it then decimates 963 miles. See, I'm, I'm now in miles. But 963 miles... It's, like, huge. Even though, you know, I don't know how far 62 miles is, but it's pretty big as a lump of rock hurtling towards you. Yeah. But it's then over ten times, and that's just the crater, not even the devastation, I guess. <sighs> yeah. Um, there's actually, well, at least it's thought, there's Mm -hmm. actually a piece of mercury here on Earth. 
Was that, is that a like probe? Like the planet. Or did, did we land something, scoop it up and come back? Well, in 2012, mm. a meteorite, a green one, specifically, was found um, being sold at a street market in Morocco. Okay. And after some people studied the, you know, what it was made of, its composition, the the astronomers that did that thought it might have come from Mercury because it matches the data that we have on Mercury from the messenger probe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, weird. So it's been suggested it might have arrived after one of the many impacts um, that happened on Mercury and sent bits of it into space and then it ended up coming to Earth. Other random facts that mm. might be of interest. It has actually got water ice. Okay. On it. Um, and it's poles. And are its And poles... they stay frozen. Okay. Because they're always in the dark. Right. Because of the tilt of the planet. I was going to ask, is this ice at 420 degrees? No. or It's presumably Celsius at 107, or... minus 170 degrees. Celsius. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. Also, random fact that's not at all really, like, mm. valuable, but um, the Babylonians called it Naboo. That's where... Um, and I liked that. So that's where Emperor Palpatine comes I thought from. I'd tell you that. Spoilers. Oh, also, I need to um, make a correction. In a previous episode, I said that the Sarlacc pit was in a prequel, but it's actually in Return of the Jedi, I think. It's in one of the ah. original trilogies. Trilogy. Um, or a prequel, if you like the new Disney films, I guess. That's not how prequels work, but... Yeah. Funny, you know, I feel like I used to know all that kind of stuff. Mm. And um, then I had a kid, and <laughs> now... Now you know a lot about Hey Dougie. Um, and not so much about Star Wars. That's true. But also just, like, you you just get bad at remembering certain things. Do you mm. find that? Yeah. It's like I can I can place it. I can place things in a lot of Star Wars and mm. whatever, but I couldn't actually differentiate between them anymore. I mean, they are all kind of similar, let's be honest. That's fair. But, um, yeah, anyway... Well, I have a confession room. Yeah. Have you got some interesting facts to bring to the table? I do have... I, I tried to psych myself up. Not Did psych you? myself. I tried to hype myself up for Mercury, knowing we were going to talk about Mercury. And I found out about the Bepi Colombo mission, uh, which is a joint ESA, European Space Agency, and mm -hmm. JAXA, Japanese Space Agency. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what the, what the X stands for. Yeah, I actually don't know what JAXA stands for. Um, I must have seen it written down somewhere, but um, you just kind of know them as JAXA, don't you, really? Same with all of them, really, though. I feel the same about NASA. It's NASA. Yeah. It's not whatever. Anyway, Bepi Colombo is heading towards Mercury. In fact, I think it's there just now, but it's doing a few flybys. Excellent. It's meant to be going into orbit in 2025. So it's done a couple of flybys so far, but it's there just now, or it will be flying by 
this year, 2023. Um, but it's actually, do you know where the name comes from? No. It's actually named after a man called Beppe Colombo. Really? Yeah. So he is um, a, a very clever sounding dude. Um, he is an Italian um, engineer, mathematician type who basically, he went to a conference held by NASA on their um, Mariner 10 mission they were going to do. And he said, because they were just going to send it off into space and it would go past Mercury and that'd be it. And they'd be like, oh, we've got oh, one time to have a look at it. it's gone. Yeah, and he was like, look, I've done the maths, you know, that's what I do. Why don't you go round Venus and if you do a... A cheeky little slingshot mm. around Venus. You can then end up doing three flybys, all for the price of one. And NASA were like, that sounds far better than just shooting it out past Mercury. Yeah. Um, so that's Bepi Colombo. And I think it's something like it's the first time that um, a spacecraft used such a gravitational slingshot. Hmm. Uh, to reach another planet. That's I think cool. I think there'd been previous ones to do different things. I think maybe um like Voyager or something. But yeah. That's Beppy Colombo. And it's two well, it's two different probes joined together. But one by ESA, one by good Jackson. Good job to the the person for yeah. um for that. Because yeah, three is definitely better than one. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And also, Beppy Colombo is a cool name. Mm-hmm. So, so I was looking at the history of people looking at Mercury as well. And turns out a lot of the history was people just looking at Mercury through a telescope. Because that's how, that's how a lot of history happens before you could launch things into space. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw some things and they were like, oh, yeah, we've worked out. It goes around the sun really quickly, and so we just assume it's a rock. We're not that interested. It's kind of what it seemed like. It seemed like they were a bit like me and like I was pretty boring. Say, that's pretty on board with pretty your boring. ideas. Anyway, at some point, um, people get get their heads screwed on, and they're like, "We should probably check it out just in case." And so, a lot of the stuff that you've talked about in this episode comes from, or originally comes from the uh, Mariner Ten mission. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned a bit. And so that was launched in 1973 um, and got there in 74, 75, thanks to Beppe Klump. Um And, you know, they found stuff that made sense from what they'd seen on Earth, but also some things that didn't make sense. And so then that was the mid-70s. And then they don't send another thing until the messenger probe in well they launch it in 2004 it then goes past mercury a couple of times in 2008 2009 so four years four or five years later and then it orbits in 2011 to 2015 uh which i think just goes to show that it can be a bit of a faff getting to mercury so yeah with it being so close to the sun it's uh yeah. Challenge. Yeah. So it's speedy going round is one thing. 
And then, like you say, it's very close to the sun. So if you're trying to get towards Mercury, you're getting closer and closer to the sun, so you're speeding up and up and up. So if you kind of miss it by a little bit, you're, all of that area is dominated by the sun's gravitational pull. Uh, and then to try and break once you get there, um, Mercury doesn't really have a proper atmosphere, so you can't like try and skim through it and like slow your spaceship down with sort of atmospheric drag. There's not really any sort of gravitational stuff to help you, so you just gotta like throw a bunch of well, you've gotta ignite a lot of fuel that you've bothered to take with you in the first place just to try and slow you down. Which you feel like maybe solar sails that we mentioned in the last episode might come in handy. I don't know. Um, yeah, especially if you're trying to land on a planet, you you have a lot more complications. Yeah. yeah. Than just orbiting, which is already a difficult, a difficult task. Yeah. But my favourite thing about Messenger is I don't know about you, but when I hear, oh, they've got a probe called Messenger going to Mercury, it's like, oh, they've clearly thought. Oh, it's the messenger of the gods. Let's just call it messenger. That's nice, right? You know, that's all you need, right? That was what I always assumed yeah, it was. Yeah, so the Apollo programs, that's all fine, right? Mm. But messenger's actually an acronym. Oh, no. I, I don't know how it happened. Oh, no. That it just, it just aligned that they happened to be able to spell out messenger with their acronym. Do you want to have a vague oh. guess? It's also a really God. long word for an acronym as well. Do you want to guess what it stands for? Astronomy acronyms. It's not just astronomy, but yeah, it seems um, pretty bad. Messenger. It's a long word. It's got a lot of letters in it to try and crowbar a word in. You're never going to guess. No, I'm, no, I, I'm no. really never going to guess. You're going to so have to tell it's me. It's also one of those great ones. It's all caps, but um, it's also one of those ones where it doesn't actually... There isn't a word for every letter. So, oh, no. So it's Mercury, Surface, Space, Environment, Geochemistry, and Ranging. That's um, not even a sentence. Th- no. And, and Ranging You probe what? at the back I don't, at the end? I don't uh. really know. So, yeah, so enjoy that one. They've got EN from environment, I think, to get, um, and maybe GE, like the, the E as well. For, yeah, so, so that's, that's unfortunate. Um, and there I was, living in my happy little bubble, just yeah. thinking, messenger, yeah, that makes sense, because Mercury, yeah. Yeah. And you just really well and truly popped that bubble. You're welcome. I don't know why you can't just call it the messenger. Like, for a start, there's not even been... There's been Mariner 10 and now Messenger. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't even need to come up with... I don't know. There's not that many probes. Astronomy seems to have a a history of being like, oh, I've got a good idea. Let's make it into an acronym. No, that was never a good idea. That was never a good idea. Just call it a cool name. And now, it's almost like expected, you know? Mm. Like, you go and you sit in talks and conferences and people do it for, like, new probes and for, like, code that they've written, you know, for, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, big codes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they get stupid names. And all of them, they're all like an acronym because that's what we do now and it's funny. It's not funny. I was going to ask, is it like a sort of naughties thing or something? Because, you know, now, maybe it's just different, but like the Artemis missions, right, they're the next big thing, right? I guess it's very different though because that's like a bit more public-facing in a way. Like, I assume Artemis doesn't stand for like actually returning <laughs> to the moon or something. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But just call it a cool night. Messenger's fine without it being an acronym. Anyway, you'd be glad to know it crashed <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> deliberately. They extended it for yeah, some yeah. period of time and then they crashed it into the planet. But, but also, um, that's where a lot of pictures of Mercury come from, is Messenger. It's like looked at pretty much everything. But not everything, that's why Beppy Columbo's heading off. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? That's one thing about the solar system, you know, is that we we have these images of what the planets look like. Mm. And, um, you know, you can go onto Google or any search engine of your choice and type in Mercury, Mars, whatever, mm-hmm. Neptune, and you'll get, you know, a few to... A couple of images, depending on which planet it is that you're looking at. But um, it's so weird because these photos that we have, we we actually don't have that many, really, in the mm. grand scheme of things. We we all recognise the planets from just a few photographs of them, mm-hmm. which it's kind of weird yeah it also makes image searching difficult I guess because you've got that image that's it not really unless you get an artist's depiction but it's basically just copying that image mm-hmm. yeah I remember you used to be able to on Google Earth probably still can you could visit the moon and mm. uh, Mars as well uh, which was a bit weird yeah I used to enjoy that yeah I guess they probably didn't have so much street view on that. <laughs> but Mercury, not not super popular with probes. Difficult to get to. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that whilst I don't think it's, you know, incredibly boring, I think it probably has a lot of interesting things that we just don't know anything about yet. Mm. I think it you know, it's never going to be a high-target body in the solar system yeah. when there are other things out there that have, you know, more universal appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to get a mission to go to any planet or mm-hmm. dwarf planet or whatever takes money and resources away from going to other ones. Yeah. You know, so... It, you... you if it's ending up in a, a bidding war against mm-hmm. somewhere else, it might not stand as good a chance. Yeah. You know, it's just maybe less attractive and with it being more difficult or one of the more difficult planets to get to, it's that doesn't help. Yeah, I guess it's probably because it's so low priority, as it were, for the reasons that you've given. It's also like you're going to send... 
you know, so Mariner 10 was the 70s, then as they've gone through that data and worked out what they care about and thought about things and they've come up with new questions to answer and new data to gather, etc. And they've sent off Messenger. And that's like 2010-ish. Mm-hmm. And now we've got another one coming up in the mid-2020s. Mm. You wonder if they're just going to wait for Becky Colombo to have done its stuff and then work out what they care about with Mercury and then send another one like I mean, a decade never, or two later. You never rush to any planet or or anything because it's so difficult and expensive and it mm. takes so much time. You want to make sure that you already know ahead of time, like you say, what the questions are that you want to answer. Mm. They need to be very firmly decided and, you know, typically quite quantifiable. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it can often take you know, decades to uh, to go back somewhere. Yeah, I, I do find that kind of... I mean, it's not it's not weird, but I do, as as an individual, I guess it it seems kind of crazy of just how much planning. I know this sounds completely stupid, but how much planning does it do? Like space missions, mm-hmm. where they've got like itineraries of the right word of what they are going to do. Like I can't remember who it was now, but I remember somebody working on some kind of space probe, and he interviewed, and they're like. Maybe it was for a Mars rover, and it, they've got staff working on it 24-7 because they can run it 24-7, so there's, like, three different locations around the world or something with sort of three yeah. different, like, sort of rover um, managers, whatever the word is, yeah. that have their own sort of team or are in control of people. And they're sort of like the scientific... If people say, look, there's a rock over there, is that a cool rock? Then they have to make the decision, yeah, that's a cool rock. And then in eight hours' time, they change shifts to another person to make a different cool rock-based decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's like during day-to-day operations. That's not even the whole planning to get it up there. Then when it gets there, what it's looking at, as well as all the instruments yeah. that are going on board it. And because so much time and effort and so many people's careers and so much money and blah, blah, blah has gone into making it and then getting it up there people understandably do not want to waste a single second you know and that's how you end up with things like uh, the story that you just told because why why waste any of that time or those resources that has taken you to get there you know so what do we think then is uh is Mercury not quite as dull as you thought it was? Well, I think maybe the... I think the subtitle for this episode should maybe be Sizes and Everything, you know? Because it's got quite a lot going on, and part of it is actually caused by the lack of size. Yeah. In a way, you know? Like, no size, or, you know, it's the size of our moon, also got no atmosphere... So it's been hit by an awful lot of things, a bit like our moon, I guess. And it's cooling, shrinking, 
and um, you know, it's now getting little wrinkly bits on its surface, I imagine. Really hot, really cold water there. It, it's got a lot going on. Yeah. I'm not moving there anytime soon. I'm glad. But I, yeah. Okay, well, I suppose we'll have to look at the other ones and see maybe at the end of the solar system if you can rank them in order of your favourites. See if Mercury gets bumped up from number eight to at least number seven. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah. And it's where okay, well, Emperor Palpatine comes from. In that case, from. do you want to give me your ranking right now? Okay. And see if it changes. Okay, so there are eight. Okay. So, um, number one... Okay, number one I'm going to say Earth, because Earth is quite special for lots of biology-based things, i.e. biology. Um, <laughs> then number two is Jupiter. Because um, it just looks amazing, you know. I love the red spot. Mm-hmm. It's stripy. It's great. Can I pause you there? Okay. To <laughs> to point out that the sentence that you gave me just there for mm. why you like Jupiter is identical <laughs> to the one that I heard our kids saying when you asked them a few days ago, "What's your favorite planet?" and they said. Jupiter, and you said, why? And their response was, it's got a big red spot. Yeah, well, you know, you could say that that is because my... um, The reasons that I like Jupiter are childish, infantile, etc. Or you could say that um, people's love for Jupiter is just sort of an intrinsic, natural um, thing, you know? which is enjoyed by all humans, including tiny, tiny three-year-olds. So, you know. Next up is Saturn. Okay. Because uh, it's got rings. Right. And proper rings. Yes. Even if you're telling me Jupiter's got rings, it doesn't need rings. Um, then probably Mars. Okay. Although, I don't know, Mars is probably... It's not that cool, is it? I mean, the War of the Worlds is pretty cool. But um, it's just kind of dusty, dead planet, isn't it? But I'm still going to put it number four. Venus, number five, because it's got some stuff going on. It's very hot, right? Um, It's green, very bright in the sky. Pretty good, toxic. Um, Number six. So six, seven, eight, what have I got left? I've got Mercury, Uranus Uranus and and Neptune. Um... I'm going to say Uranus. First of all, its name is funny. Um, Second of all, it's got a ring, right? It's kind of a proper ring. Yes, Um, the rings around Uranus. Yes. Um, And you know what? I was going to say Neptune, Mercury, but maybe after this episode they can be joint oh i don't really care that much about neptune either um but okay well thank you for your your pre-tour 
ranking. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if it changes or not. Yeah. I would be surprised if Neptune gets up to number one, but I guess we'll find out. Never say never. So, Ro, we've now had a had a look at Mercury the planet. Turns out not dull, I would say. Not dull, yeah. Um possibly still the dullest planet because there's only eight planets, so you know, one of them's gotta be the dullest, right? Um True regardless of however many planets there are. Yeah. One of them's got to take up that place. Um, but whilst you've given me all the fun facts of Mercury, I've obviously gone away and had a look at some other things about Mercury. And um, you might not know, but actually there's an element called Mercury. <laughs> yeah, I trust a chemist to, to bring that one up. Yeah. Pop quiz, what is the element for Mercury? You want to ask that again? Okay. What's the elemental symbol for Mercury in the periodic table and beyond? <clears throat> HG. Yeah. Do you know what it stands for? No. Where it comes from? Latin. No. E, well, yeah, Greek. Greek, but, okay. Um, Hydrogyros, maybe. Which means interesting. That, yes, I can guess where this is going. Yeah. Uh, so it means like um, water, silver, kind of like quicksilver. Uh huh. Probably heard the term quicksilver before because that's a cool little term. Um, but yeah, apparently we get the term mercury um, from the planet. So the planet is the fastest. Orbiting planet, right? Yes. So it's very speedy. It's named after Mercury. the yeah. the um, Roman version of Hermes. Uh huh. Um, the slowest delivery service. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the messenger of the gods. Every uh, DPD. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I think basically they were like, "This is very fast." Uh huh. And it's a bit like Mercury, the fast planet. Right. It's a tenuous link. It's a tenuous <laughs> link, but it gets more tenuous, but not such. Uh, alchemy. That's the answer. So it's the history of chemistry is yes. alchemy, and the history yeah. of astronomy is astrology. Yes. And they're both linked. And it seems that the alchemists decide there are seven metals that we know about until we find out about an eighth one in classical times. Uh, do you know what those seven metals might be? One of them is mercury. <laughs> um, gold. Mm-hmm. Silver. Mm-hmm. Iron. Yeah. Uh, that's four then, if you're including mercury. Yeah. How many did you say there were? Seven. seven. Uh, lead. Mm-hmm. Um... Are they all elements? They are. The other ones are copper and tin. Okay, right. So we've got gold, silver, lead, copper, iron, tin and mercury are the classical metals. Right. So, there are so seven none of, of them. The, and they didn't have alloys. 
classical well, terms. Well, they did have alloys, but they... Um, they weren't metal. They knew how to make alloys by mixing metals, so mm-hmm. I think they weren't just like, we dig up an ore and right. then get yes. bronze out of it. Um, but happens to be, you probably didn't know this, but in ancient times, um, there were seven, seven planets... Uh, and that's because they don't, oh. they're, they're not actually planets. Oh dear, so they decided, yeah. So, actually... They're obviously all connected in some weird... Yes. Um, thing. Yes, so... I think we should just take the time to apologise to any listeners. <laughs> because our dog has decided to join this, uh, this part of the podcast. Yep. So if you hear any snuffling... That's uh, that's the spaniel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they decided each of these uh, metals obviously was in some way interconnected in the universe to, exactly. to one of the planets. Yeah. Exactly. The okay. the thing is, is they're not actually all planets as we know them. So the word planet comes from wandering. Yeah. It's like wandering, it's a wandering stars. Star. Yeah. And so that also includes the sun and the moon. Um, as planets. Right, so, yes. Uh, which is why people might be like, they didn't know about seven planets. What about the ones further out? Uh, yeah, they didn't. So <laughs> they've, they've added on the sun and the moon. Yes. Um, and so then each of these is then associated with a metal. Um, so, like, gold is the sun and obviously. silver is the moon. Yes, those There's also obvious. seven days of the week, and they've so, also got those connected. So what have we got so left? Happens. So is it Earth iron? Um, no, Earth is not a planet because it's not a wandering star. Okay, <laughs> More right, yes. The, uh, now you say that, that's obvious. I don't um, know why I didn't think yes. of that. But, uh, so, right, okay. No, iron is, if you think of war, maybe. So, so which? Oh, oh, Mars, okay, yeah. yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, Mercury is Mercury. yeah. Okay, um, so the other Venus, one, which which metals have we got left? So we've done gold, silver, iron, mercury, so we've got tin, copper and lead. No, well, copper. Copper's a bit green, so Yeah, that was Venus. my thinking, okay. Yeah. The other ones are just, to me, seem pretty random. So uh, tin is Jupiter and lead is Saturn. And apparently an old term for lead poisoning is Saturnism. Right. Um, well, I I mean, I suppose I'm not from them times. No. So maybe I don't value uh, lead and tin mm. as much, but they seem like pretty pretty poor choices yes. for Jupiter and Saturn. Like, if I could give any metal to, you know, to, to the planets, uh, yeah. they would be pretty low down my list of... They're not, they're not like a, a good award, you know. It's yeah. not like, well done, here's your gold trophy. Yeah. Here's your tin trophy. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't quite... I mean, I think also they're all a bit weird, aren't they? Because I think they're kind of... The alchemists are thinking you can take your metals and turn oh, yeah. them you into Yeah, you can make it all into gold, gold so it doesn't matter anyway. Kind of so they've got some weird hierarchy and ancient knowledge that's all cack. Um but basically, eventually people are like, we're not going to call, like, lead Saturn anymore. We're going to call it lead. Right. So they all get their own names for the elements. Although they necessarily know what elements are yet. Aww. But Mercury sticks around. 
Right. People don't call it Quicksilver anymore. No. So that's a leftover bit of astrology and astronomy coming together. How weird. Yeah. Saturnism. Yeah. That one's going to stick with me. Mm. Well, I hope you don't get Saturnism at any point. Me too. Uh, I hope not. Mm. I mean, lots of people had mercury poisoning over the years because yeah well i'm not a hatter and hopefully no. all of our pipes have been replaced and we don't have any mm-hmm. lead pipes left so i hope so hopefully i'm all right on both of those yeah. um but yeah mercury's weird as a as an element it's it's the only metal that is well it's only one of two elements that are liquid at yeah room temperature etc um but you can use it to cure syphilis you can't if you've got syphilis at home. Do not do not use mercury. Um, but just there's a whole bunch of things. I'm, I'm just kind of feeling like great news. We've cured your syphilis. Bad, Bad news. news. You've got mercury poisoning. Yeah. That seems a poor life choice. I'm yeah. just gonna put that. Out syphilis, there. leprosy. Also, Emperor Qin Shi Huang, that I've probably I probably mean, mispronounced. He was like, that's the answer to eternal life. Yes. Probably helped push him over the edge. Yes. Um, Is it just kind of like the the original chemotherapy? You know, kind of like kill it with fire. I like think... take this thing that's like really bad for life in general. Mm. And it'll get rid of your problem. I think it's it'll just give magic. you lots of other problems. It's shiny and it and it you can move it around. It's like shiny heavy liquid. It's it's just magic. You know? I mean, what could it do to you? It's like a magic fluid. It's shiny. Have I mentioned <laughs> it's shiny? <laughs> like, what could go wrong? Wow. Oh, I'm mad and I'm dead. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. The more you know. So, turns out the element Mercury owes a lot to astronomy. I always kind of assumed, without really explicitly thinking about it, that it would be the other way around, really. Yeah. I suppose. But I guess astronomy kind of comes quite a long way before... Yeah, I kind of forget how young chemistry is as a subject, you know, because it starts with alchemy, and that was pretty recent, really. Mm. Yeah. So there's a little planet hiding... In the periodic table, and it's, it's actually the planet, basically. Wow. Sorts for the day. With that, we will let everyone enjoy the remains of their day. Don't take Mercury, kids. So that just about wraps things up for this episode. Please, can we encourage you to subscribe to Through the Telescope wherever you find your podcasts, and, if you like, you can leave us a nice positive review as well. It really helps the show, and it makes it easier for more people to find us. Feel free to send us any comments, questions, or suggestions of things or people you'd like to hear about or from in future episodes. Or perhaps to put yourself forward to chat about your own astro research or experiences. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Through the Telescope Podcast, or you can find me at astrophysicist underscore rose. You can also find us on Twitter at The Telescope Pod, and you can contact us by email at Through the Telescope Podcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'd like to thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye. Bye.